0: There's an old saying, Know your place. That, I believe, is the Lord's message to us today, especially in today's responsorial psalm. Know your place. Now, what's interesting about that particular saying is it can be used in either a positive way or a negative way. Negatively, it can be used to remind people that they should show more respect for others, specifically for those in authority over them. Or it can be used to indicate to people that they should not overstep their bounds. And then there's this little insight I came across online the other day, and here I quote, In modern societies, this phrase is sometimes used toward the female gender, such as, Know your place, woman. None of the men here would ever say that, I'm sure. (laughs) But there are some guys out there who do say that kind of thing. And yet, this saying can also be used in a very positive way, reminding us of our importance, our dignity, our value as human beings. The reason I love Psalm 8, part of which was sung as today's responsorial psalm in between the first and second readings, the reason I like Psalm 8, at least one of the reasons, is Both senses of this saying, know your place, are found in it. Let me read to you now the psalm in its entirety. How great is your name, O Lord our God, through all the earth! Your majesty is praised above the heavens. On the lips of children and of babes you have found praise to foil your enemy, to silence the foe and the rebel. When I see the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you arranged, What is man that you should keep him in mind, mortal man that you care for him? Yet you have made him little less than a god. With glory and honor you crowned him, gave him power over the works of your hands, put all things under his feet. All of them sheep and cattle, yes, even the savage beasts, birds of the air and fish that make their way through the waters. How great is your name, O Lord our God, through all the earth. The writer of that psalm, be it King David or someone else, definitely knew his place. In that respect, he's a great role model for all of us. Negatively speaking, for example, he knew his place in the sense that he clearly understood that he was not God, which was why he began the psalm by acknowledging the real one. How great is your name, O Lord our God, through all the earth! Your majesty is praised above the heavens on the lips of children and of babes who have found praise to foil your enemy, to silence the foe and the rebel. He also knew his place in that he recognized his relative smallness compared to everything else in the material universe. And this was long before people understood just how immense the universe actually is. Here he also was implicitly admitting his own weakness, his own sinfulness, as well as the weakness and sinfulness of humanity in general. He said, When I see the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you arranged, what is man that you should keep him in mind? Mortal man that you care for him. But the writer also knew that his smallness and the smallness of humanity was only half the story. Yes, he knew that he was, in a certain sense, just a little speck, a little speck in the vastness of God's creation, and a very imperfect speck at that. But at the same time, he knew that he was a glorious speck, because unlike everything else in the material universe, he was made in the image and likeness of God himself. Yet you have made him little less than a god. With glory and honor you crowned him, gave him power over the works of your hands, put all things under his feet, all of them, sheep and cattle, yes, even the savage beasts, birds of the air and fish, that make their way through the waters. The writer of the eighth psalm definitely knew his place in the grand scheme of things. I mentioned this this morning because I believe we live in a world right now where a lot of people do not know their place, nor do some of them even care to know their place. And the consequences of this are often disastrous. Some don't know their place, for example, because they think they're God. They live their lives by their own rules. They don't ever stop to consider the fact that there might be somebody out there, some authority beyond themselves, that they're accountable to in this life. If they were honest about it, they'd tell you that they think the first line of Psalm 8 should be changed to include their name. How great is your name, O Father Ray, through all the earth. I hope that sounds ridiculous to you. It should but it would sound equally ridiculous with your name in there or the name of any other human being. Others who don't know their place do understand their smallness. They're in touch with their failures, their weaknesses, their sins, etc., but they forget the other side of the coin. They forget their intrinsic value as human beings created in the image and likeness of God, all of of that makes them very prone to despair. When you know your sin, your weakness, your failings, but don't know your dignity, you are very likely to slip into despair. And sadly, the number in that particular group appears to be growing at an alarming rate at least according to the New York Times. I don't know how many of you saw this, but on the Times website this past April 22nd, an article appeared that had the following very disturbing headline. U.S. suicide rate surges to a 30-year high. That title says it all, I think. And then there are those who do know their personal dignity as human beings. They're in touch with that. But they fail to recognize that the very same dignity in other people. And they also fail to recognize, at least some of them, fail to recognize the uniqueness of human beings compared to the rest of God's creation. best way I can illustrate what this group is like is with a quote from Father Brian's sister. His parents are here this morning. found this on Father Brian's blog the other day although he posted it about a year ago. Father Bryan wrote, When I first attended the University of Rhode Island back in 1992, I joined three groups that were on campus. An animal rights group called CETA, Students for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, a pro-life group, and a group against racism. What I found very interesting was the fact that the majority of the students in CETA were for abortion. Even as a freshman at URI who believed in God but was far from practicing the Catholic faith that I was baptized into, I couldn't for the life of me understand how a person could be so pro-animal while at the same time being so anti-human. How could one stand up for animals and at the same time be very vocal against the life of human beings in the wombs of their mothers? I actually left the animal rights group because of that hypocrisy. This hypocrisy continues in our current culture of death as over 3,000 babies a day are killed in the wombs of their mothers through abortion, while any mistreatment of an animal in our society is treated with swift justice. I say all of this as someone who truly loves animals. I have a dog, two gerbils, a gecko, and ten fish. Now you know why when Father Brian and I go on vacation we always go to the zoo. <laughs> makes him feel at home. <laughs> anyway, he continues, I take care of each of them as my own family. Yet at the same time, I know that human beings were created in the image and likeness of God. Each of us has human dignity, and our lives are invaluable. We have eternal souls that Jesus died on the cross for. Let us pray that our current culture of death, that seems to value animal life on a higher level than human life, changes into a civilization of life and love, where every human life is welcomed, loved, and treated with respect and reverence, regardless of size race, or age. I guarantee you the writer of Psalm 8 would say a big amen to Father Brian's words there. And as he indicates in that quote, if everyone knew their place and the place of their fellow human beings, the world would become a much better place. To know your place, my brothers and sisters, spiritually speaking, is really to see yourself as God sees you, to the extent that that's possible here on earth. That's the bottom line. St. Francis of Assisi said it perfectly when he wrote, Remember, you are what you are in the eyes of God and nothing else. That means nothing more, but thankfully it also means nothing less.